Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 327. Thanks for listening. Welcome back everybody. I'm starting this episode recording for a second time because the dogs decided to erupt into a frenzy of protecting the house grade barking, but all is good now. Which is good because I want to get this recording done as pretty soon I'm going to have to pee. I am finishing off my drum of cola that I got at a recent, by which I mean this afternoon, screening of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, or something like that. I don't know. I think that's the title. The kids and I went and saw the movie today. I won't spoil anything for you other than to say I am, as I mentioned, hopped up on a giant drum of cola right now, which I'm determined to finish because I paid Sophie's first year of tuition worth of money for this cola. By God, I am going to drink every drop. Uh, the movie itself, uh, like I said, I'm not going to spoil anything. It is it is not the movie I expected, though I didn't really have any particular expectations. I enjoyed it. It relied quite a bit on past Ant-Man stuff that I didn't quite remember. I, I mean, primarily the, the past Ant-Man movie. Movies? Can't remember. Is this the third one or the second one? I don't know. So I struggled a little bit with that. But, you know, that aside, there, uh, it was good. There were some timey-wimey, you know, lots of talk about multiverses and parallel universes and all sorts of weird things like that that kind of bend your brain, and I dig that. So that was good. And, uh, yeah, had a good time. If you guys want to send in your reviews of uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, uh, sure, go ahead. In the meantime, we got games to talk about. We interrupt this episode with some breaking news. As I was assembling this episode, I came across a story that I could not, could not, not tell you. And at this point, as I'm inserting this into the episode, I have tinkled many, many times, so I'm in good shape. So, I don't even know how to tell you guys this, but... (sighs) Okay, look. Many of us listening to this episode are of a certain age, and we grew up in an era with, among other things... The iconic television program, The Dukes of Hazard. Bo and Luke and Daisy, of course, running around, driving around, Hazard County, Georgia, playing Robin Hood to the evil boss hog, foiling all his schemes, courtesy of the brightly orange painted Dodge Charger named the General Lee, foiling all of Boss Hog and the corrupt Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane and his dog Flash, all of their schemes, the foiling of which usually required jumping the General Lee over a river or something. It was an amazing show, if you're a little kid. I've tried watching it as an adult, and I just can't do it. But as a little kid, it was pretty awesome. Ran from 79 to 85. They tried to make a movie, did make a movie several years ago with that guy from Jackass and Jessica Simpson. Either wasn't good, or I had outgrown my Dukes of Hazardness by that point. I'm telling you all this... To avoid telling you the the real news here, there's been a death. The General Lee, the car, not the man, is dead. Maybe I should explain. According to the Kansas City Star, I believe, newspaper, recently two people were injured in a car crash in Taney County, Missouri, involving the General Lee. Oh no, you think. Is the car okay? No, it's not. 
they don't tell you anything in this article about the people. Mysteriously, this article is short on details. They tell you there were two people in the car. It was a single vehicle crash. The two people were taken to the hospital. We don't know who the people were. We don't know how badly they were hurt. We don't know why the General Lee was in Missouri, but it apparently was damaged. And there's actually a picture of it. It sure looks like an original General Lee. The implication of the article is that it is one of the 17 remaining General Lees from the show. They made hundreds of these things, most of which got destroyed because, of course, every time you jump the thing over a river or a truck or Daisy and her Daisy Dukes or something, you, it looks really cool on TV, but you basically trash the car. But apparently there were 17 things, 17 of these things left that have been, you know, I think there's one in a car museum somewhere. The other ones go on tour. And maybe there's some of them are in private collections. I don't know. But this is one of them. Again, I don't know where this one came from because this article is not going to tell me. Uh, I just was horrified. Little kid me was horrified to see this damaged car. Now, uh, of course, the General Lee as a car is problematic, right? Because it's got the big Confederate flag on the roof. I paid no attention to that as a kid. As an adult, I get that it's kind of a problem. Uh, a, fl a Confederate flag, the whole General Lee thing. Uh, not getting into that here. I'm just saying the car itself is an iconic bit of childhood nostalgia, and it's been destroyed, as happens with most nostalgia. So just another uh, sign that I've grown up and things go away. But you know what doesn't go away? Video games. And we've got a bunch of them, including this one I'm about to announce right now. Well, one game specifically. And that game is this week's game, which is Kickman the unreleased CBS Electronics port of the arcade game from 1983 for the 2600. Yep, we're playing another game that people didn't get to play on their Atari console back in the day. I imagine there were riots in the street, but, uh, you know, no rioting today. Again, no time for that. I'm gonna have to pee pretty soon. I would read from the manual for you to tell you how to play this game, uh, except I can't, because there isn't a manual. At least not one that I can find. Not that you really need it. The game is pretty simple. It was programmed by Alex Levens at uh, Rockland Corporation. The arcade game, I believe, was from Midway, which uh, is notable because I'm not spoiling anything here, I don't think. It's probably generally well known. Pac-Man makes an appearance in this game. He has a little bit of a cameo. This is back in the 80s, so if it was a sitcom, something would have happened like, the scene is going on, you know, the, the little kick man dude is catching his balloons. Suddenly, uh, you know, the front door swings open and Pac-Man walks in. The audience erupts in applause. He says something funny, or in this case, you know, he eats a couple of balloons and then he leaves. The game apparently was, you know, as we know, was never released. It was programmed, never released. It was found in a recent collection of uh, Levens's games at Rockland. The game was originally called Kick and renamed to Kick Man, supposedly to capitalize on the Pac-Man craze. That's a little cheap, because the game, really nothing like Pac-Man. But, you know, this was the 80s. We were all kind of soft-headed at that time. Protos says that there's a rumor that the original version of Kick didn't contain any of the Pac-Man graphics, and they were only la added later uh, when the game was re-released as Kick Man. Protos debunks this rumor and says the Pac-Man and the Ghosts made their appearance in both versions of the game. The setup of the game is pretty simple. Your kick man is riding a unicycle back and forth across the bottom of the screen. There are columns of balloons overhead and 
randomly they fall from the uh, from the columns. And in the first level of the game, you have to pop them with your pinhead. Looked to me like you're a guy with really stiff blue hair that pops the uh, pops the balloons. My camera operator for this episode, Sophie, thought he was actually just wearing a blue hat, like a witch's hat kind of thing, you know, with the point on it, and that's what would pop in the balloons. Either way, you need to pop the balloons, and that's how you get your points. If a balloon slips by you, you can kick out with your leg before it hits the ground and make it float back up, and so you then you can pop it. If you miss it, you don't get the point, and you lose a guy, basically. On the subsequent levels, you're not trying to pop the balloons, you're trying to catch them, uh, one on top of another, uh, top of another, stacked on your head. Uh, you get until you get, I think it's four in a stack, and then you get the points, and you keep doing that till the screen is empty. As the levels go up, uh, Pac-Man and the Ghost start making appearances. First, Pac-Man, if he comes down and you catch him, he'll eat the other balloons on your stack. Ditto the ghosts. I didn't spend enough time with it. I, I assume that's all there is then, right? The Pac-Man and a couple of the ghosts. I'm guessing there's not some sort of cut screen, cutscene kind of thing where uh, you know Pac-Man and the ghosts do their thing in sort of a sort of a little cameo kind of thing. I, I doubt that that's there. I think they're just present on screen. Proto says that different colored balloons fall at different speeds. I didn't really notice that, but it could be true. Oh, I didn't mention, I don't think. When Pac-Man eats the balloons, if he does, you get a, a bonus for that. Protoss notes that the 2600 version of Kickman is decent, but had to be cut down to fit into 4K, which is kind of the story of with a lot of games. The most noticeable thing, part of this cutting down, is that the amount of balloons Kickman can stack on his head has been reduced from 8 to 4. Only one balloon can fall at a time instead of two, which makes the game much easier than its arcade counterpart. Also missing are the bonus rounds in which Kitman has to catch balloons while avoiding bombs being thrown out windows. That's weird. Interestingly, the advertisements for the game actually mention these challenge racks, as Bally Midway likes to call them, but this could have been due to a miscommunication with the marketing department, or they could have been dropped when space became low. The entire 4K ROM is full. The arcade game also makes use of a trackball, which adds some challenge that is lacking in the 2600 port. Protoss thinks the game was never released because the game was designed for Midway, but Midway then decided not to get into the home gaming market and sold the rights to CBS Electronics. CBS Electronics made it uh, or needed a few minor tweaks before they could release it, so they had the programmer Dick Belaska to make the. Uh, they asked Dick Belaska to make the changes. Alex Levens was working for Rockland and was not available. Dick remembers doing some code compression and adding a rudimentary title screen to the game, but ultimately CBS decided not to release it. This was probably due to Kickman not doing particularly well in the arcades, even with the added Pac-Man gimmick. CBS did make some box art, and the game was advertised as being for sale in some ads, so the decision to cancel the game must have been made quite late. It's always interesting when a game developer or book publisher or movie producer makes the call after spending all this money and time creating the thing, marketing the thing, and then at the last minute they decide it's still more cost-effective just to not release the thing. You gotta wonder what sort of calculus goes into that. Videogamecritic.com gave the game a B rating. Arcade Games, the reviewer says, was no, a never-ending source of fascination. Kickman was kind of a fringe title, but still made an impression on me when I spotted it at the local bowling alley. I always wanted to own a copy of Kickman. In the late 90s, a video game magazine article had a screenshot which appeared to be an Atari 2600 version of the game. That version never materialized, but this prototype is probably better. There's no background scenery, but the game plays like a champ. Kicking controls require good timing, 
timing, but it is satisfying when you do it. I don't think I've played another game quite like Kickman. The only thing that sucks is the drawn out too bad music that plays when you miss. I didn't really notice that, I guess. That said, I'm more than happy to settle for this fun prototype. Vintage is the new old.com poster an article in 2019 about the discovery of this game. Following the old saying, better late than never, and thanks to the efforts of Dutchman2000 and Thomas Gentsch, the game was finally found and released on Atari Age. Dutchman2000 explains the game plays great in the emulators uh, Z26 and Stella, and for Stella you must have Prosper enabled in the video settings, in case you were wondering about all that. Alex Levens, I believe, also worked on Stargunner, Boeing, Wombats 1, Gorf, Crazy Climber, and Ocean Ranger. Crazy Climber, I think, is the only title I recognize out of those. Rockland Corporation on Moby Games has 14 games to its credit between 1981 and 1985. Really quick here. Star Maze, Diamond Mine, Castle Hassle, IDSI's Rack'em Up, Lifespan, Picture Parts, Pyramid Puzzler, Space Journey, Anti-Sub Patrol, Journey to the Planets, Cubert, Deluxe Invaders, Gorf, and Wizard of War. I know sub- several of those games, of course. Uh, frequent collaborators with Parter Brothers, CBS Electronics, Adam Academ, etc., etc. And the corporation itself was based in Chicago, founded by Larry Gabriel, started in the 1970s as a management consulting firm. Ron Borda joined in 1980 and started a computer technology group, also known as Rockland Software. The company grew to about 60 employees at its peak, had about 350 titles for about 20 publishers. Due to the downturn in the video game market, Rockland focused on educational software, then shut down in 83 following a lawsuit by Motorola for breach of contract over payment for EPROM chips. Some of its former employees went on to uh, found on-time software. Borda himself went on to head up Microtechnology Development Corporation, Research Methods. Among its games for the 2600 were Crazy Climber, Firefox, Gorf, Racer, which was unreleased, Real Sports Basketball, also unreleased, Super Cobra, and Wizard of War for the 5200. There was an unreleased game called Deluxe Invaders, Gorf, uh, Wizard of War for the Apple II. Remember the Apple II? That was cool, wasn't it? Berserk, unreleased perhaps, Picture Parts, Pyramid Puzzler, Space Journey, Star Maze, and Wizard of War again. And then a bunch of games for the uh, Atari 8-bit and the Commodore 64 and the television. TI-99, VIC-20, all sorts of stuff. Many of which you guys probably have in your game rooms, collecting dust. For those of you keeping track, peeing would be fun right now, but it hasn't become critical. I will keep you updated. In the meantime, after the break, during which I am not going to pee... Do we like Kickman for what Kickman's got, or do we like Kickman for what Kickman does not? If you understand the reference, you're old. Hey, Sophie, are you ready to get your kicks? Sure. That was enthusiastic. But you'll be more enthusiastic in a minute because we're playing Kickman. Did you know that Kickman was released in the arcade, but it was never released for the Atari? Yes. <laughs> you did not. You should not be lying. I'm not. This is my desk camera operator, by the way. Uh, hi, Sophie. Hi. She's never going to be my operator again because she lies. 
Anyway, so we're playing Kickman, the unreleased uh, port to the uh, Atari 2600, and maybe we'll find out why it was unreleased. Let's check it out. So, you're a dude on a unicycle, trying to pop balloons with your head, as one does. You might be asking yourself, well, why is the game called Kickman then? Well, that is an excellent question. Here, as an example, oh, I missed, but you probably saw my little guy kick. If you miss a balloon, you can try to kick it back up in the air, like that, with your foot. Now on the second level, trying to make a stack of four. If you miss one, you lose all of them, apparently. Which seems unfair to me, but... Pac-Man in the second row. Why is Pac-Man in this game? Because they had him and they could use him. I'm going to try that one more time because there's more stuff to see. That was a gratuitous headshot by the way. I have other questions like for example why do these, these balloons fall so fast? I mean, even assuming they have air instead of helium, they don't really float, they just plummet. And why does your guy have blue hair? And why is he on a unicycle? It's a hat. Is it a hat? Yeah, it oh. looks like a witch's hat. Oh, okay. Come on, I kicked it the first time. And why is it called Kickman when really you're trying to catch the balloons on your head? Where's Pac-Man again? Ah. Pac-Man ate all my balloons. You silly Pac-Man. Hey, ghosts! If you're not watching the video of this, those obviously were pac ghosts. Pac-Man. I think I might have just killed Pac-Man. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. And that's about all as far as I've gotten. 
I think that's about it for the pack content, which may be the most exciting thing about the game. I don't know. What do you think, Sophie? Um, you weren't very good at it. Wow. <laughs> you think you could do better? Yeah. You want to try? Yeah. Wow. Alright, I didn't expect that. Hold on, everybody. There's a new shooter in town. How do I play? Uh, you have to hit the reset button on the far right of the console down there. Oh, yeah, you were still setting up. That's not your fault. Yeah, you're right under the balloon. You kick by pushing the fire button, by the way. Pretty good for just walking in blind. Are you giving up already? Yes. All right. Well, what'd you think? Mm, it was boring. Sophie did not get her kicks from Kickman, but did I? Well, you're gonna have to wait to hear the next half of the show. So, back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Car by Car podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8 bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games, which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that, and for free, just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's X-E-G-S, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. I once knew while complaining about someone she was arguing with, threw up her hands and said, he must think I live in a carnival-like atmosphere of glee. Upset as this person was, though, I always thought this sounded like kind of a cool state to live in. Well, I'm not there yet, but I've got a website, carnivalofgleecreations.com, and there's stuff on there, everything you can want, like the podcast Atari Bytes, featuring old games and original short stories that are pretty unrelated. And my other podcast, it's a podcast, Charlie Brown, covering anything and everything in and around the iconic Peanuts comic strip. If the printed word is more your thing, there are books on there too, like the novel in the Saint Nick of Time and short story collections, Misery Banana, Hell's Serial, and Second Duck on the Right. Want to know what else I'm up to? That's all there too. Carnivalofgleecreations.com. Everything you need. Glee not included. Here's the thing about Kickman. I kind of like this game. 
It's weird, among other questions, which I think I raised in the field report, what is up with these balloons? They don't float, they just plummet. And what's causing them to fall? And why are they there? And why are you trying to catch them on, on your head? And why are they so big? Are they those weird Chinese spy balloons? Is that what's going on here? Are you, are you, are you Joe Biden? Um, are you a, a hero trying to save us from the uh, spy balloons? Or, sorry, the UFOs? And by the way, I totally don't believe uh, the government when they're like, yeah, we don't know what these are, but we're positive they're not from aliens. Yeah, if you don't know what they are, how do you know they're not from aliens? Huh? Really? So, perhaps, this game is, you know, Rockland Electronics, Rockland Corporation, telling us years ago to be ready for balloons to invade. They knew 40 years ago that this was going to be a problem. They were sending me, me, a message. Maybe I am supposed to defend the world from these mystery balloons. Boy, I may have to pee before I get started with that. That sounds like it could take a while. All right. I'll keep you updated on that, too. Interesting real-time update here. My kid and Jill, my wife, had to run to the store for a couple of things. And my kid just sent me a text with a picture of a thing she saw in the... It looks like they're in the produce aisle, weirdly enough. And it's a box marked frog legs. I ate frog legs exactly once in my life. And the first thing to say is, they ain't a lot of meat there. The second thing to say was, they don't really taste like anything. I want to say that they taste like chicken. Um, I don't really remember them tasting like chicken necessarily. They were fine. I, I will say that uh, I didn't order them myself. We were at a, oh, kind of a, 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 a self-style Cajun type bar restaurant thing. And uh, a friend of mine and I and a, a colleague sort of out of the blue who, who happened to be there and saw us uh, at the bar, uh, ordered us a, a, I guess, uh, uh, an appetizer platter. And on this platter uh, were frog legs. So it seemed rude not to try them, and they were fine. I, however, am suggesting to my kid now, yeah, maybe don't get the frog legs. If anyone out there has thoughts about frog legs, send me a message. All I can think of is the scene from the original, and still the best, Muppet movie. There's one of those dock hopper billboards. Ah. Maybe you better pull over. Yes, sir. Oh. Kermit, that's you. <laughs> you got the picture, boy. You see what I mean? Kermit the Frog, symbol of dock hoppers, french fried frog legs. Isn't that splendid? Just splendid. Just take a look at it. All I can see are millions of frogs on tiny crutches. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, so here's the thing about Kickman. It is a weird game. And then having Pac-Man show up and the ghost just makes it even weirder. I don't quite know what this game is. I don't know what it's supposed to be. It feels like it's done, you know, as prototypes go. I mean, the ending's kind of abrupt, I guess. There's no, there's no big climax, but that's not necessarily a deal breaker in an Atari game. There wasn't always necessarily. I mean, it just kind of seems to end. I don't totally understand... The losing lives thing, if you are stacking balloons on your head and you get three and you miss the fourth one, why do you lose the other three? I don't understand that. I don't understand why the game is called Kickman either. Kicking is sort of a secondary 
movement, only if you miss the balloon with your head. Really, it should be head man? I don't know. I would think if you were calling it kick man, kicking should be your primary attack mode. Maybe if it was a game like, uh, I don't know, you're gardening and the groundhogs keep coming out of their holes to attack your vegetables and you have to kick them back into their holes. That would be kick man. That's your primary activity. Legal disclaimer. We here at Atari Bytes do not condone the kicking of groundhogs. This comment was merely for entertainment purposes only. No actual groundhogs were harmed, nor do we advocate for the harming of groundhogs. All right. Well, if you guys have thoughts about Kitman, you know what to do. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. This week's story is titled, Is That How You Get Your Kicks? Kick, man, Hermie groaned. Kent, kick, Ichthyopolis, looked down at his friend sprawled out before him in the parking lot. You all right? Hermie struggled to his feet. Years of fast food had tangled some of his spring in curly fries. Kick, you used to be fun. I'm still fun, Kent said. No, you're not, Hermie said. Look around. Kent looked around. He clearly wasn't seeing what Hermie was seeing, but understood what he was seeing was different than what Hermie was seeing, so he didn't say so. I said I was sorry, Kent repeated. Actually, he hadn't said that already, but he thought it was implied in, You all right? Yeah, and to answer your question, I'm all right if you call crushing disappointment all right, Hermie said. Kent wasn't sure what disappointment measurement scale they were using, so he didn't know how to respond. You used to be the kick man, Hermie said. Get your kicks with kick ichthyopolis, right? So where's the fun tonight? We did have fun, Kent protested if one can protest while steeped in ennui. I face-planted in the parking lot, Hermie said. Well, it was fun until then. Kick, man, Hermie said, checking his nose again to see if it was still where it was supposed to be. It still was. You used to own this town. Remember the toffee parties? The elevator music sing-alongs on the roofs of countless home improvement stores? That time you hosted a bonfire at the intersection of 4th and Mulberry? and used a Ford Escort as kindling? Good times. We got our kicks, man. And that was all you. Tonight was fun, Kent said, defensiveness creeping onto his skin like eczema. Hermie nodded toward the lump, dozing between the fire hydrant and the other fire hydrant. This was a two-fire hydrant neighborhood, which should be prime party territory. Oh yeah, Hermie sneered. He can hardly contain himself. The dozing lump was Sebastian a certified scuba diver ninja acrobat country folk singer. For years, he'd been waiting by his landline phone for the call, never daring to try and give Kent a new cell phone number for fear there would be confusion in the transition of numbers that would result in his missing the party call. Finally today, the party call had come. Sebastian arrived only to pass out from boredom before the cupcakes were passed out. He had a long flight, Kent protested. He lives in a condo three blocks over, Hermie said. Well, the other guests liked it here. Hermie chuckled and waved his hand around. Other guests? Kick. No one came. 
For the first time in your life, the kick man threw a happening, and nobody came. No, that's... that's crazy. They're probably just working on their lists of nocturnal sea life for the games section of the party. They'll be here soon. Hermie limped over to his friend. Had he twisted his ankle? He looked with what he hoped was kindness at his tiny friend. Man was kicked short. He'd never noticed that before. What happened to you, kick man? You used to be so fun. I... But Ken didn't know how to finish the sentence. Look at me, Hermie said. No, don't. My face is dented, Kit. I know, Kent said, sinking down onto the stack of jigsaw puzzles resting next to the left fire hydrant. He looked around. The heat lamp for the tuna melt sandwiches was glowing in the distance. He smiled at the lovely scene against the black backdrop of night. But other than Hermie, Sebastian, and himself, the lot was quiet and dark. But really, what was so bad about this? Was the kickman's time really over? I'm tired, Kent told his friend. I can't do it anymore. For decades, I've been the kickman, the ringmaster, the guy everyone turns and looks at when someone says, what are we doing Friday night? And I delivered time after time, darts and beer, TV dinner parties, oceanic excursions in the Midwest. I'm the guy who got the 1960s Spider-Man cartoon cast to reassemble in our college dorm and do a live reading of the episodes To Catch a Spider and Double in Identity. And some of the cast were dead. Every movie night, game night, Sunday brunch, and more than a few clown-based memorial services. I did it all, Hermie. All of it. I know. And do you know how I did it? Hermie shook his head. Neither do I, Kent said. But I did, and I was goddamn good at it. You were, Hermie acknowledged. Kent was pacing now. Did any one of you, any of you, hangers-on, ever offer to pick up takeout? By the next round? Post bail? Nope. But that was okay. I could do it all. You were my friends, and I loved all of you, so I organized every event. I kicked it into high gear over and over and over again. Well, don't you think I've earned the right to kick it into low gear just once? Kent looked beseechingly at his friend, his best friend, the friend who had actually showed up tonight, confident that his pal Kent would come through. The kick man had a lot of friends, but... Hermie was like a brother, one you actually like, not just the birthday text kind of guy. Kent knew Hermie would understand. Can't I, Hermie? Kent said. Can't I have an off night? Hermie smiled. He stepped to his friend, patted his shoulder. <sighs> no, Kent, this party sucks. Seriously. Kent threw up his hands, climbed on his unicycle, and started to pedal away. Then he turned back and unplugged the heat lamp before resuming his course. Hermie could just eat cold tuna melts. Sebastian stirred between the hydrants. Hey, he said, is it time for tuna melts already? Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the Vertical Blank. Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, Pinball Spring, and Hidden Agenda. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. Kick down the door over at Apple Podcasts to leave a five-star review of this show. 
do the same wherever that option is allowed. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And do, please do, check out Atari Bytes on Instagram. Also, I'm over at Hive and Mastodon and Tumblr and Spoutable and Post News. But over there, I am Carnival of Glee. And I post about all my stuff. This podcast, my other podcast, it's a podcast, Charlie Brown. And uh, anything else I feel like posting, all under that one name, Carnival of Glee. So hit me up over there because those Newer, newer social media places are still kind of lonely, and uh, I could use some more followers. If you're lonely too and are sick of the social media thing, you can call me. Only here's the thing: I'm not going to answer the phone. Uh, it's nothing personal, but uh, I don't like talking on the phone. And but I do like hearing from you. So call five six three two six five nineteen seventy eight. Leave me a message about almost anything you want, and I will probably play it on the podcast. It's really just that simple. I look forward to hearing from you. Check out the website, carnivalofgleecreations.com. It's got all of this stuff on there. My podcasts, stuff I've been working on, books that I've written that you can own. Yes, that's right. If you like my words but not my stupid voice, you can find my words in the pages of a book. Either in print, if that's your thing, or electronically, if that's your thing. And the website will tell you some of the places you can do that. You can also help me out by supporting the show over there at patreon.com where Atari Bytes has a page. Link in the show notes. Your help will help keep the uh, lights on here in the podcast studio and will also gain you admission into an exclusive club with other patrons who all have my thanks. And they are Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, M. West, Jeremy L., Mark Super, Jim Goble, Robert Ferguson, and David Cavallari. Thank you one and all. All right, we're just about done, which is good because I'm about to explode. So let's get this done before I have to make uh, make potty. Next time on Atari Bytes. We're going to try out Master Builder for the 2600. So another CBS Electronics game uh, and another port of an arcade game. I don't remember either the, the home version or the arcade game for this. I gather that it has something to do with building stuff. Hence the title, but that's not necessarily a lock. So we'll find out next time on the show. If you have thoughts about Master Builder, please do share them. In the meantime, go play some old games. They've missed you. Oh, thank God I can go pee.